Welcome to the Axis Effect Podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment, and I'm super excited to have my guest here, Navid Alipour, who is the founder and CEO of Pure Metrics and AI okay. Med Global. Oh my God, Navid, it's so funny because like I was super excited to talk to you on the AI med tech side until I found out that's just one of the three companies you have. So I, we want to chat about all of this just because I love that you're using innovation and tech for your big company, but I kind of want to step back a minute because you have founded some tremendous, I want to say med tech companies for not just saving lives, but for detecting and curing all forms of, I want to say cancers, if that's not accurate, I know you'll correct me, but I'm super excited to have you on the show. But like, give me a little bit of background, how we got to this point, because you got a lot of really super badass medical background on your resume. Well, no, thank you, Sarah, for having me and uh, excited to talk to you and your listeners about what we do. I'll start with saying that I joke that my wife and I are the black sheep of the family in that everyone's a doctor except for us. So my father's a retired cardiologist. Both my brothers are doctors, her dad or stepdad or sister. And we went the, you know, the law school and the business school path. However, healthcare has always been a passion of mine. And so we have our, we have our small venture fund here in San Diego. And, you know, we were investing in software companies back in the early 2010s. And we met some scientists out of UCSD, literally rocket scientists that had done work for NASA. They, they didn't have a business plan, a business model. They just said, hey, we're these AI machine learning experts. Anywhere you could apply it to make a prediction, a recommendation, a forecast, or detect anomalies in data that don't belong, there's an opportunity to make more money, bring more efficiencies. And we said, okay, well, we're in San Diego. It's a healthcare town. How can we impact healthcare in living longer and prolonging life? And that's where, in the interest of time, that was the genesis of the first company we started, Cure Metrics, where we detect breast cancer to the tune of 99% accuracy from a mammogram, and we detect heart disease from the same mammogram. So it's a two-for-one for women, no extra discomfort, no extra radiation, and heart disease being called the silent killer amongst women. To detect it earlier, which we can talk about later how we do that. Is, is, is a huge... Well, no, no. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this because you built your company and I want to get to the med global because that's all the AI and innovative and tech stuff. But yeah, let's talk about this because, you know, it's the end of the year, everybody's getting sick, you know, and everybody's got to do their year and their annuals, annuals, we're all due for that. Tell me what, let's start with Cure Metrics. What does Cure Metrics do? Because I know you say you help detect it and we all go in, we go in right. for our mammograms, our cardio. I did a... After one of my my uh, first brain surgery, I did a cardiogram where it's like an MRI or CAT right. scan, ten minutes, and it gives you from zero to a hundred of how your arteries are, how clogged they are. If you're the higher the number, the worse it is. So if you right. get to the 60, 70, 80 up mark, they don't let you leave. They get a cardiologist down because that means you're almost completely clogged. I was a zero, so I was so squeaky clean. I was so excited. We only get them every three to five years. But we have Thank doctors. We, we go in, we do our tests, we see our doctors. You guys are doctors. So how are you helping detect all of this once we get the all of our exam results back? Great question. And, and that gives me a lot to talk about here. So so we, we are a technology company, right? So we develop, this is software. We don't have 
a physical device, our software goes on the machines that the imaging center you go into buys, the, that the radiologists use. So our software is integrated, whether they, it's a GE machine or a Hologic machine or a Fuji, you name it, right? Konica, uh, there's a lot of these companies that um, you know make the hardware, the actual machine that does the mammogram. So our software is the AI that sits on top of that machine. The woman still has to go through the uncomfortable mammogram process, right? And then that image gets sent to Amazon's cloud where our algorithms lie and our machine learning algorithms will then dissect that image and detect anomalies in it, anomaly being a cancer, something that does not belong. That comes back down to the radiologist, of course, uh, that then will review it with the patient. And so what we do with a couple of different products within CureMetrics, CM Triage was our first one that got FDA clearance where it was the first of its kind, in fact, in 2019, right before the COVID shutdowns, where we triage all the mammograms and say, this batch, not suspicious. You know, look at it when you have time, give it to your junior radiologist, your resident intern, this other batch, anomalies detected. Get to these women ASAP, get it to your top mammographer, your senior radiologist, there's something there. So just that workflow optimization is a huge saving for radiologists. That was our first product that was FDA cleared. And, and then we have CM Angio, which is a, you know, knock on wood, we'll have the FDA clearance soon. And that's the one that detects and scores that calcification in the arteries you talked about. Now, yeah. the machine you went through, you're not going to do that every year that, you know, and, and go under that radiation. But at a certain age, you do go in every year for a mammogram. So you're already going through that process. There's no additional discomfort or radiation. And so because that's already built into our ecosystem to go in for a mammogram every year after a certain age, to be able to then detect that heart disease by the calcification is huge because we can detect it. And then that radiologist sends it to the patient to the cardiologist to then do an EKG, do a stress test. And, you know, hopefully no surgery or anything is needed. You catch it early enough and get on medications like statins and just getting on a statin, whether man or woman. It reduces a risk of a cardiac event by 50 to 60%. Okay, so wait, just so I'm clear on this, okay? And I, so I do have an affinity. Like I do, I understand this and I do like, this is super close because I don't talk like publicly about this a lot, but sure. okay, so let me just make sure I'm clear on this. When we do scans, CAT scans, MRIs, all this stuff, obviously they take it and then I have to wait. For example, I have to wait for my doctors in their office till they get all the results and they go over everything, right? right. During that process, all of these hospitals, you're the technology. When we get our radiation or our mammograms or our tests, MRIs, once they do all that between the time we walk out of there and get to our doctors, you guys are the technology layered over all of this. So when the doctors get all this, they're getting everything they need because of your technology. You summed it up very well. Okay. So so this is really weird because and I don't know the company. So small story here. So when I had my first brain surgery, okay, that sounds really bad publicly. I only had a few. That were the brain tumor because I know anybody freaking out. My first one, the technology that was used in my first surgery with Dr. Shamik at Cedars in LA, it was like a GPS. It was brand new at the time or fairly new GPS. A client of mine was on the board where heart surgeons and brain surgeons use this technology where it's like a Google Maps. If you go right, you could get there quicker, less damage, but you may hit a few vessels and stuff. Be cautious. If you go left, it's going to take you 30 minutes longer. It's safer, but there's a technology and they use that technology because I have a little weird 
hatchet scan in my head that I was staring at before I was completely knocked out. But it was such a cool technology. And I think I was more sitting there in the OR, like more excited to see the technology before they were just like, shut up and like sleep, you know, but I was so super excited trying to chat away as much as I could before I was out because the technology was so cool to me. And like what you guys are doing, I love because when I went through radiation after all the surgeries, I know that they had to take a minute to get somebody to look at it. And all of those layers of technology innovation that from me to them and back, this is all your technology that's not just helping catch up, but it's literally saving lives if there's something that shows up that a normal MRI or CAT scan doesn't catch. I'm glad you bring this up because one of the things I always say is, Artificial intelligence is not meant to replace the doctor, yeah. but the doctor that uses AI will replace the doctor that does not, right? This is, it's another arrow in the quiver in, in their fight to help the patient, you know, prolong life and save lives. And, and the consensus is that modern medicine is going to advance more in the next 10 years than the last 50 years combined. And a lot of that has to do with us having all this data that is now generated, whether you know, I'm sure you've heard stories, people that wear eye watch and it detects irregular heartbeat. And because of that, they go in and they're like, oh my God, you, you know, you, you have a condition and they do a surgery and that life was just saved from an eye watch, right? Well, it's preventative. And that's the, but that's what the technology, there's so much innovation technology. What, I mean, let's just go beyond brain surgery, cardio, orthopedics, back surgeries. I mean, you look at what their treatments and where their surgeries were years and years ago to where they are now. They're trying to get them as less invasive, trying to get people safer, quicker, back up and out. But they're using, I mean, you you can't think of surgeons years ago, 10, even 15, 20 years ago. And today the technology, like you said, it's not going to replace the surgeon, but to lean on tech to help you detect and save a life quicker, faster, to me, is just a phenomenal thing where I think is is where investments and VCs need to do more of. Absolutely. And, and that actually is a, a, a perfect kind of intro for what we do at CureMatch, which is the other company we started. To talk about necessity being the mother of all inventions. So my business partner was diagnosed with cancer about a year after we'd started CureMetrics. And he's now cancer-free, I'm happy to say, because of combination therapies. But in this process... We met an amazing lady by the name of Dr. Rizal Kurzrock. That's K-U-R-Z-R-O-C-K. If your listeners want to look her up, you'll find a ton of content on her on Google. And so she, she's truly one of the world-renowned oncologists and, and was at MD Anderson in Houston before coming to Morse Cancer Center in San Diego where we met her. And what she was doing was just simply amazing. So she would take the next generation sequencing panels, which to the layperson, I say it's like the 23andMe of that patient-specific yeah. cancer, right? And it's the molecular makeup. because And, and her, she's Canadian by birth. So she always says, cancer is like a snowflake. No two snowflakes ever, ever look the same. And no two cancers will ever, ever look the same. So why should this person that has lung cancer get the same treatment as the next one, the next one, the next one? Because they're an N of one, as they say. They're, no other person has the cancer that that person has. And so if you get that sequencing done. And then we have a database that we've been curating for years and years and years. And our artificial intelligence will match based on that patient's sequencing and say, if you want a three-drug combo, there's literally over four and a half million combinations. It's beyond human cognition to process that, right? It doesn't matter how smart someone is. And so that's what our, what's called knowledge representation and reasoning AI, K-R-R-A-I does. And it'll say, and we produce a report and then that goes to the doctor, that goes to the patient, but the oncologist then with that and the other information they have about the patient, do they smoke? 
Are they obese? What's their family history? With everything else in our cure match report, again, as another arrow in their quiver, to, you know, decide on what treatment to give to the patient. So, so, so uh, cure, okay, so cure metrics was really there to empower radiologists to get better data between your scans and reporting for um, cardio and breast cancer. Correct. Where cure match is kind of using the same similar DNA sequence and technology, but it's really there only for detecting and working on cancer. Exactly. So it's for not just women. So Curemetric yeah. is very much our women's health yeah. product and company, right? Cure Match is for it's pan cancer, as the doctors say, any cancer, not just breast cancer, yeah. man, woman, or child. And it's for those that unfortunately already have cancer. And so now it's for getting the best treatments to them because or helping get the best treatments to them. Cause if we're going to the term the oncologists use, it, increasing the PFS and the OS, progression-free survival and overall survival, living longer. You have to detect earlier and better. The earlier you detect breast cancer, as we all know, or Hodgkin's or prostate or any cancer, the odds of survival are much higher because the cancer doesn't spread as much. And it, then to treat, the earlier you get the best treatment, that's going to be the most efficacious, as they say, then the faster you stop that cancer with, from spreading. The longer it takes to, you know, the more it spreads, the, then you're, you're behind the eight ball. And so that's that's where if, if to live longer, it's DTM, as we like to say, detect, treat, monitor. You got to detect earlier and better. You got to give optimal treatment as fast as possible. And then the monitoring is, you know, going every year for your mammogram, your blood work or, you know, Cologuard or, you know, for colon cancer and, and, and all the monitoring from, you know, the Fitbits and the watches and everything else. You, you guys, with CureMatch, you guys talk about, you know, if you have cancer, you're matching treatments that are unique to that unique tumor, because obviously they're not the same through genomics, biomarkers and all this stuff. Exactly. How, how you guys, I mean, are you working with like a patient's doctor or how are you matching treatments with unique cancers, blood cancers, tumors? And I mean, I know geometrics and biomarkers are a very big part of the science behind all the healing and all of this detection, but how do you play into that? Because if you go to a doctor and they're putting you on, I want to say chemo regimen, just mean think I don't have cancer. So my terminology is bad. It's, I mean, I, infusions and all that stuff. Do right, you right. connect with the doctors? Do you talk to the patients to go back to the doctors with, hey, here's something that we could do? Or how do you interject with the um, safety of all the treatments? Great question. Great my my terminology is off. I, I do apologize. No, 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 no. You're, so you're actually. I've never had it, but I just trying to figure out how to, you know. You, you actually know much more about it than mm-hmm. the average person. And in, in, in the way it works right now, you know, the standard of care patient has cancer. Unfortunately, they find out they're recommended to an oncologist. They do a biopsy, right? They, they do a, a not all oncologists, but increasingly it's about 75% now or 10 years ago it was 0% next generation sequencing. So amazing how fast technology is moving and there's reimbursement for it from insurance now, but they'll they'll do a sequencing. Now, there's many labs that do this large and small. There's public ones like Gardent. There's Foundation Medicine that's owned by Roche. There's private ones uh, like Tempest or Strata, big companies, but private. And then there's community hospitals that are setting up their own NGS labs because they don't want to lose that revenue stream to have these other companies do it. So community hospitals are setting up their own CLIA certified labs and, and so the labs do the sequencing using predominantly an Illumina machine. Illumina is the 800-pound gorilla in the space. So they produce the machine, the hardware that the labs use. The doctors send the biopsy to the labs. They sequence it, and it takes you know, two to three weeks. But then they produce that PDF, that 30, 31-page PDF from, let's say, Foundation Medicine, 
that says this is the molecular makeup for this person's cancer. And cancer increasingly is being identified not by the organ it's found in, breast, lung, stomach, liver, but the molecular makeup of it. Because that's that's where like, you know, you probably see the commercials on TV, Merck's Keytruda drug is a fantastic drug. Initially, Merck made it just for lung cancer. And then doctors starting finding out that, hey, this works for stomach cancer. This works for other cancers because it's about the molecular makeup of the cancer, not that it was found in the lung. And, yeah. and so that's where, and, and another point, it's crazy, but to get FDA clearance for a drug, the pharma companies only have to show roughly a 20% efficacy for the drug. That's trials. it? Because I mean, that's, I know it takes so, tons of money and lobbyists. I mean, let's look at the whole COVID thing with all the pharmas coming out and everybody has their problems or issues or side effects. But if I, so 20% efficacy is all I need to get FDA clearance. What is the max number of recipients I have to target to get that 20% FDA clearance. So, so that's a bit above my pay grade and it's not my, my, my expertise, right? Because it's not our business. Yeah. Um, but that's what I've heard from the, you know, the oncologists and those in the industry that to get a drug cleared. But what's crazy about that is that there's such a small percentage of patients that will benefit from, let's say that drug that was cleared for, again, we'll use the organ identifying it because that's still what happens. You know, this, this drug was for breast cancer and, or, or, or lung. And, there'll be some that will respond really, really well to that, whether they end up living much longer or even being cured from it. But then the others, at best, they have no response. But some, they have a toxic side effect, right? And there's horrible, horrible uh, side effects. But that's why people, because I mean, I've been very lucky to not lose family members and not know a lot of people with cancer. I have very few of my cross paths in my life that actually are fighting or currently fighting a form of cancer. And is, is some, you know, uh, one friend, you know, in the health and fitness space, I think they found the cancer was something to do with eating gluten her whole life. I, something about that. And it was a cancer. There was no cure for. So, I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, she went through bad phases and she's constantly, right. you know, going in for infusions the rest of her life. Just it's just to prolong her life. It's not going to cure it. And eventually um, I always say, I mean, concern or, you know, I'm talking to my friends about this. The concern to, for me, I think, for other people is as your body weakens from whatever it's fighting, whatever cancer, you go through the chemo, the therapy, all that stuff. I feel like that just destroys your body. You end up dying from something you caught that just went into your lungs and just was out of control. Not because maybe the cancer itself, but because it's of the chemicals, chemicals that weaken you to expose you to stuff that you just can't fight. So I feel like, and I, I feel bad saying this, sometimes I feel like when I, I, I get when people are struggling, do I want to live a healthy five years or do I want to live seven years, but I'm going to be so sick as a chance because the chemo is poison. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I did have radiation. I didn't have chemo. It wasn't a cancer. It was just a huge golf ball, huge size brain tumor that had to dig out after a few surgeries. But when I had radiation, it's not a poison, but it's still radiation. And I still had two, three surgeries to fix cranial damage that was a lot from the radiation. It's still, it's still poison. So I feel like I got so lucky and blessed and humble that I got through it. But I do know the damage that the radiation causes, and that's not putting chemicals in your body. So I feel like I always like heart, my heart breaks for people who are fighting really tough cancers. Chemicals will kill you, not the cancer. Well, so, I mean, you, you hit on a lot yeah, of that really, a conspiracist really comment. I'm not a conspiracist. Is that a weird comment to say? 
Well, I didn't mean to say it like the the chemo will kill you, not the cancer. That was probably such a bad thing to say. No, it's it's not. It's not. So look, look, a couple of things. One, there's someone on our team, and this is public, but I'll, I'll withhold her name, but you Google it, it's in our press releases. So she's on our team, and her mom passed away in 2016 from a nasty cancer. Uh, we didn't know her at the time, but the mom, had she'd done a foundation medicine report. So she had the, her mom's NGS panel, right? So she actually had the idea, hey, let's cure match my mom's NGS panel, and let's see what cure match would have recommended in 2016 versus the drugs and treatment she was given. So we were shocked. I mean, one, it's sad for the mom, but two, that how much better we were. So the drugs her mom got only had an 11% efficacy. So that means this poor woman was being poisoned. She had side effects I'd never heard of. Her eyelashes grew into her eyeballs. I mean, can you, I can't even imagine that. Right. And so all that pain and suffering for only 11% better, you know, effectiveness. And not to mention, again, this pain and suffering she has, the cost of the healthcare system for drugs that don't work. And and so it's it's bad across the board. The drugs we recommended, the combination had a 44% efficacy. So 400% better. It doesn't mean she would not have passed away, but she would have had a 400% better response. She would have lived longer and, you know, she would not have had some side effects if she had. Well, I'm not, so, you know, you can't say they're going to live long. You just don't know. But if you can live longer, having less side effects, not being like, you know, so horribly like where you can't move. I mean, just in what we read and hear about and know about, I think the, the big difference and take away the whole the whole end result of that. Right. I mean, everything. You have three healthy years of without being so sick to enjoy the rest of your life than having to fight through the sickness and all the horrible stuff just exactly. just to get to that three years. Exactly. I mean, you, you just reminded me of, um, of something. So and the reason we do what we do is when we get a letter in the mail, like we got from uh, family members that, you know, their, their loved one had a nasty, uh, it was a stomach cancer, I think. When he was on his deathbed, literally he had weeks to live when they found out about us. We, we cure matched him and the doctor changed the treatment and he lived another nine months. The patients, the the family wrote us a letter. They said, thank you for nine more months that he could spend with his grandkids to see, and, you know, nine, nine more months of sunsets, nine more months with the family. And so that that keeps us going because the healthcare system is, it's, it's different than if you're just building software to, yeah. uh, you know, for a restaurant to, or, or to walk your dog or deliver pizza to you faster, right? The healthcare system, as it should be, is very regulated. And the law is always behind technology, right? It always will be in any industry. And so it takes a lot longer to get your technology to market. And there's, a, you know, you have to show the clinical validity, which we now have. We uh, have been in front of the front of the AMA, the American Medical Association for our CPT code. And hopefully we'll have some good news to share there very, very soon. And, and so that's where it takes a little bit of time to, as you come up with something new for it to then start being used and being integrated into the standard of care. And then you you do have those that are threatened by new technologies, regardless of what industry they're in. I would think the pharmas are going to be because they're they're making the money pushing the billions of dollars from legislation drugs. I mean they're lobbyists. It's all about pushing their drugs to where and this is not an alternative. It's not a replacement for doctors, but it is like they always say go get a second opinion, get a third. You are that like the validity of the official Beyond all, this is the baseline for that third of pain to make sure you're getting the right drugs and you're being matched. And I mean, you know, doctors are stressed and bandwidth and COVID. So having access to this would be 
tremendous. I mean, quick question for you. I mean, have you guys, I mean, I know you you have the FDA approval, tough question to ask. So like, let me see if I could get this out. What's going on in my head? Because we all have mortality. I mean, that is what it is. We all have two things here that I think your company is focusing on. One, extension of life. We can't right. fight mortality, but right. do we have a better life? Do we get to that five, six year, whatever the doctors tell us mortality? And then how much longer have we had because we've been matched properly? Do we have any statistics? Can you talk about? And this is, I know I, I if you can't give me this number, I totally respect and understand a percentage of people who you've saved lives because they kicked the cancer or got like mortality rate lowered so much percentage using this. And then how many people in what percentage of lifespan do they have more comfortably before the end using your company's cure match and cure matrix and all this stuff. So, so that's much, much harder to do because we don't control that. Like we, we would love it if doctors did a survey for us and, and said, Hey, he, how is your patient doing? Nine I just asked later? you a press, I mean, right? to PR me, it's a press and media question. The first thing as media I would ask is what is percentage of life you're saving? I right. know it's a hard thing to ask. So it's, it's, it's very hard to be because we, that's not information we have yeah. because the doctors, the healthcare system, let's say they would want to provide it. Now we're working on it with several different parties that would provide that because if, if you think about it in the U.S., about 40% of lives are covered by what's called self-insured companies. So it's a company that doesn't get insurance from elsewhere. They they take the risk on themselves. So whether the company is large or small, if they're self-insured, it's in their interest to deliver better care for their covered lives, but also to reduce costs and mine the bottom line. So if we can show that, hey, we can not only get the best drugs to your patients, your covered lives earlier, so it'll increase their lifespan, but you also won't have to spend money on drugs for them that don't work. Now, that's exciting, right? And we have several conversations going with you know self-insured companies and the TPAs that work with them, third-party administrators, because we've shown that. We've shown that by getting the best therapeutic match, you can also reduce the cost of the healthcare system. That's why, in fact, insurance companies, the payers and the pharma are very interested in what we do, because on one end with the payers, we can help them reduce costs of wasteful spending. And, and we are moving increasingly to a value-based system from a fee-for-service model where people pay for the service of the doctor and it'll, it, it's moving to a value-based system and what's, what are the results. And then on the pharma side, we actually can help them. We have a clinical trial intelligence platform, so we can help them get drugs to market faster for their oncology trial. And as you know, and you touched on earlier, it takes like 10 years and a billion dollars on average to get an oncology drug to market. So if we could help them by the preclinical trial setup to say, give us the patients you're looking at for the clinical trial and we'll give us our NGS panels and, and we'll tell you which ones will have a better response to your drug and which ones, whatever you do, this arm, they'll have a toxic side effect. It'll kill your trial, if not delay your trial. So at least you get drugs to market faster that are going to help a certain subset of the population. We're very mission-driven. We want to, we, as I always say, if we do things one day faster, we're going to impact someone's life. You got to follow the money also. And you have to look, where are you going to help someone make money or save money? And ultimately, that'll drive the decisions by these for-profit entities, right? The pharma companies and the insurance companies. Yeah. Have you, like, so I know Mark Cuban's, you know, company Cost Plus, his drug company, and yeah. everybody was kind of like, naysayers, like, yeah, yeah, you know, Cuban's a NBA guy. He's a tech guy, entertainment guy. But what he did with this pharma company to me is the most 
humanitarian thing I've ever seen come out a tech and sports entrepreneur. I think, I think what he's doing is fantastic. Do you like, because you guys do give them what they need and it is people cannot afford a lot of medications and drugs. I mean, he is hitting such a, like I have such respect for him and, you know, I ran into him a lot of times in the industry, talked, chatted with him, hung out with him, but I got to say my most impressive pivotal moment of Mark's career is what he's doing with this drug company. And is that a company that you guys are compatible or work with companies like that just to make it more cost effective? Yeah, no, there's, there are synergies with what they're doing and I'm a big fan of Mark's and I've had some exchanges with him as well. I don't know him as well as you do. As, are you, are you working with this company with cost plus? No, no, we're not. We're, no, we're, we're not working with them right now. But, you know, Mark and I have, you know, we've had a short email exchange as when he first started the company. And there might be a point where we can revisit that. They're moving very fast and maturing very fast. And there will be a synergy that we could have with them. But I agree with you. What he's doing is fantastic. And I think arguably it's, you know, short of him doing something else amazing. This well, is I, I see this synergy because when you're giving people their matches, they've got to go figure out, okay, it may be a better drug for them, a better treatment that and everybody's agreement on, but then it may be a more expensive one that they can afford to where I see cost plus being that partner, drug partner, so to speak, of the company. I just think there's so much out there. But I have a few questions for you I want to get before I forget and we wrap. Sure, sure. Are you global or you're only available to the US? No, no, we're 100% global. I mean, we we had a patient in Poland that found out about us. Unfortunately, someone gets cancer, they're going to go on Google and they're going to do research yeah. and people find us. So we can cure match. And, and I use that. The company name is a verb because doctors are increasingly using it as a verb saying, did you cure match the patient? And so, no, we, we are global. If a patient is in Poland, if they're in the Middle East, they're in Asia, they're in South America, Canada, we, we actually work with labs in Canada that, that do the sequencing and then offer our cure match report to the patient as well. So they build that into their offering. So we're always looking to work with other labs that are doing sequencing to offer our services for their the patients they're already doing the biopsy for. And then we have patients like the gentleman in Poland that you know reached out to us. And so we do have patients that reach out to us directly. In fact, we ended up starting, and we're going to publicize it soon here with the holidays, a gift of cure match campaign where someone can buy a cure match report for their loved one that may have cancer. And so that's on our website as well. And in fact, if, if anyone wanted to put in just for the holidays, we have a gift of cure match promo code that you know knocks the price it, down. It, so, so what is the cost for this for individuals? I mean, does, does, is this something that insurance covers or I mean, how do you deal with people who are already struggling with finances? And ins- I mean, because we all know so, this is an expensive illness. So you, you, you just brought up a, a great point. And I'll say a couple of things. One. There are countries outside of the U.S. and Europe that people pay out of pocket for their health care, and it's not even a question, right? And so in those countries, it's a non-issue. They pay for their health care, whether it's, you know, pay for our service or, uh, you know, other services. In the U.S., there's the joke that people spend more on their dogs than themselves, their own health care, right? And people complain about a $20 copay. So there is this... There are some that don't want to pay for their own health care, even if their life is on the well, line. I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, more, I mean, outside of the U.S., mainly people can't afford insurance. And that's what I think is heartbreaking because people can't get the help, not because it's not there. They just can't afford it. They they can't afford it or they, they can't have the access to it. Right. And and so but that said, we, we do have several global partners and 
oftentimes things move faster. You look at the cell phone I, in Africa. I remember the analogy I heard that they didn't build landlines. Everyone's got a cell phone, right? And and so they kind of like just leapfrogged, right? And, and so there's certain technologies that do get going and get traction faster elsewhere. Now, in the U.S., as I mentioned, we've been in front of the American Medical Association, and that's the organization that gives CPT codes. So when we get that, and hopefully we could say, you know, we got that soon, then there's a CPT code that can be billed for and then ultimately it does get covered by insurance, right? So the sequencing, the next generation sequencing that gets done now that 75% of oncologists do, it was only until I think 2018 that insurance started covering it. So it took a couple of years before that happened, but it's just the next step in getting it to the point where insurance companies will want to do this. And in fact, we had an industry, someone from a stop loss insurance carrier they use the industry language. They said, this should be a medical necessity. So I I think, I could be wrong, but I think we're going to get to the point where insurance companies are going to say, wait a second, we're not going to pay for any drugs until first you sequence that cancer patient's biopsy. You get that next generation sequencing and, you know, from a lab, doesn't matter which lab. And then you tell us based on that, what combinations will be best or most optimal or most effective for that patient's specific cancer. And, and and so I think it's going to get to that point where they're not going to pay for treatment for that patient unless those steps are taken. Well, I think that's critical because I think a lot of doctors do. They just write scripts out to the pharmas where they get the kickbacks. And then we, we all know how hospitals and it all works, unfortunately. And I think for doctors, especially when it comes so like, hey, you know, diabetes, you need this or that. But, I mean, you deal with the cancers, the, like the life-threatening diseases, not the little stuff. And I feel like that's where the expenses drive up and people can't afford the treatment. But I would feel like, you no, know, I agree with you. It's spot on is that they should say, okay, anybody who's diagnosed before they even go to any kind of treatment, cure match them to make sure we are giving them the right medications they need. And I think that would drive, I mean, I don't know if it would drive down cost the pharmas and become a kind of a cost war between them and hospitals. But I feel like it's better for the patient. I mean, it's going to be better for the hospitals and doctors. And it, it should be something that's an automatic, like you have to go in, you get one free checkup a year, GP, like you have to get a flu shot. It should be such an automatic thing where you should never not do it if you're in that situation. Exactly. No, I, I think you're spot on there. And and the fact is we're not, we're completely agnostic, right? We're not pro Pfizer versus Merck drugs yeah. versus AstraZeneca. We don't care, right? We're completely objective. We we sometimes it might be a, a Pfizer drug and another time a Novartis drug. It's but the fact is, if you can get the right treatment to the right patient at the right time, they're going to live longer. And the pharma companies, if anything, in some cases will make more money. And the insurance companies will save money. So it could truly be checking all the boxes. To and you don't have people outcome. constantly racking up debt and medical bills because they're constantly sick, not getting better. I mean, I know that's changing a lot. So obviously, hospitals and doctors work with you around the world. Individuals have access for the same thing. If it's an individual who just found out they had cancer, God forbid, anything, do they pay or do they have to pay? They don't have insurance. They don't have access to all that how do those people work within your system? Let's say a patient has cancer, unfortunately, and they find us, right? We, we would say, okay, you know, we have our, our fee for the service and it's roughly $1,000. We, you know, we'll discount it depending on, you yeah. know, where, what part of the world they're in. In India, $1,000 is more than $1,000 here in Europe, right? Yeah. 
And so we also work with the advocacy groups before I forget. So we work with the advocacy groups like the Hunter 7 Foundation. If you don't know about the Hunter 7 Foundation, they're an amazing organization for military members and those that have served that have cancer. And so we offer a good number of complimentary reports a month as our donation to them. We're a small company. We can't and donate. What, what is that again? The Hunter? Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, seven, like the number. Okay. S-E-V-E-N. The Hunter 7 Foundation. And that's for military people who need help. That's for those that have served. But we, we work with several advocacy groups for different cancers or different organizations. And if there's some that are listening to you, please reach out to us. We offer these complimentary at no cost you know, with specific code for their organization to give to those within their network. And so we are looking to do our good and get this out there at no cost. And then for children with cancer, we actually don't charge anything. So we were in a, a situation once where it was a child with cancer and the parents couldn't afford it. And we just in good conscience could not not like St. Jude's. It, they're there for the children to help. Exactly. And, and St. Jude's is a great organization. And, and so that's where, thankfully, there aren't that many pediatric cancers compared to cancers yeah. for adults. And we've been able to you know stomach the costs in the number that do come up. But yeah, if there are children that have cancer, we offer our service for uh, at, at no cost. So I think I feel like we could be chatting all day about this. I, I just love everything you're doing, Navi. Oh, thank you so much. Like, we haven't touched base. We're running off time. AI Med Global. Now, AI Med Global is your overarching company where Cure Match and Cure Metrics are under, but this is more based on tech and AI directly versus preventative and curing, right? So AI Med Global, and if you go to the website, aimedglobal.com, you'll find CureMetrics and CureMatch. So it's our umbrella kind of holding company. And, and so the reason we did this is, you know, we want to build a very large digital health company because these are digital health, right? We don't, we're not hardware. We're not a lab. We don't touch physical cancer biopsies. So if we're so fortunate, we want to develop different product lines and companies. So one for detecting, let's say, lung cancer or brain cancer, or, you know, in the, let's say in, in other anomalies on other modalities, they say not just MRI or a mammogram, but X-ray, MRI, ultrasound. So we want to develop other technologies that are applying artificial intelligence and that are digital software solutions. And so we said, let's form this kind of this brand name umbrella a DBA doing business as umbrella in, in secure metrics and cure match are under that umbrella. Got it. So if somebody does not have, like they just have a tumor, I mean, sometimes they just, they need surgery. Sometimes they don't. Is this applicable for people who have tumors? Is it only applicable like all these companies if it's cancer only? Or cancer only. So it's, it's only for patients that have cancer, whether it's a solid cancer, as you said, a tumor that's malignant or if it's a blood cancer, we're also, they do liquid bi- biopsies exactly. there, right? So Yeah. So um, cure so yeah, metrics, we'll do- it's a detection of all the abnormal cells for breast cancer cardio that is layered on top of all radiology hospitals across the world. Cure match is really, you have to be um, diagnosed with the form of cancer. Yeah, cure, cure match is the industry language. It's pan cancer. It's any any cancer. Yeah, I've got it. And it's you know man, woman, or child. And, and so cure match is more for the decision support to help that person potentially live longer or get cured even. And so it's like you mentioned diabetes. We, we want cancer not to be a death sentence, but to be something people can live with for decades and decades like diabetes or yeah. HIV. Before those were death sentences, right? I remember the 80s, right? 
you know, with HIV, but now people live with it for decades and decades and decades. So that's modern medicine for you. And, and so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make cancer not a death sentence, but something that people can live with for much, much, much longer and even in some cases get cured from. Yeah. And there's so many people who are detected so um, late in the stages and it's like within months. It's just, you know, it's just this is such a great, such a tremendous thing you're doing for, you know, from an individual standpoint to like a doctor, a group, hospitals, where is the best place for people to go to give more information on CureMatch, CureMetrics? Our websites, uh, I would direct them to our websites, CureMetrics.com, CureMatch.com. AI Med Global, if you go there, yeah, it'll drive you then to either CureMetrics or CureMatch, depending on what you're looking for. So we're easy to get in touch with. And and we're obviously on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and and we can be contacted there as well. It was so awesome having you on the show today. Thank you, Sarah. I feel like like we are we are running out of time, but I, I just I love everything that you're doing. I know you have a lot of big announcements coming up and you will keep us posted on all of the announcements as well. Cause I know some things you guys cannot talk about until it's put and announced. But where's a good place to reach you? Best place would be LinkedIn, I assume, right? Yeah, link, LinkedIn is great. I'm okay. there. I'm on Twitter. And of course, you you go to our websites. There's you know phone number and email to contact right. our team as well. Awesome, Naveed. Thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed having you. Naveed Alipour, CEO of AI Med Global, CureMatch, and CureMetrics. It was good having you on, and I look forward to staying in touch with you beyond just what you're doing. Likewise, sir. Thank you so much for having me. And we see everybody next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Axis Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.